This episode is brought to you by Iconic Luxury Streetwear. Iconic Luxury Streetwear is a multidisciplinary experiment founded by the Tava Brothers, established in 2020. A clothing brand that has a thesis of a vision birthed reality, rooted in God created all in his image. Get your merchandise at IconicLuxuryStreetwear.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Iconic Conversations, a countercultural podcast that brings together innovators, community builders, and world changers for authentic dialogue about the human experience, sparking curiosity, vulnerability, and empathetic connection to the world. Today, I have two wonderful guests, part of the Texas Blockchain Council, the co-hosts of the Bitcoin Brew, Amy and Becca, the dynamic duo. I'm super excited to have you all on the show. Welcome to Iconic Conversations. Wow, Tanaka, thank you for having us. This is such a pleasure. Yeah, thank you for having us on the show. That intro video was amazing. <laughs> yeah, shout out to shout out to my guy Ezreal, shout out to my guy Brady, shout out to the music, shout out to my guy Trey. So I got a shout out to the production team. So thank you so much for that. I'm really grateful. So for today's conversation, what I really wanted to button out is basically all story of how y'all got into blockchain, crypto and Web3, of course, everything is really, really big. And, you know, a lot of the stuff that's happening in the market is wild. But y'all happen to be two frontiers, especially with the TBC going on over here in Texas. And so I just wanted to get a background, just more insight of what y'all do. Go ahead. First, let me start with the Texas Blockchain Council. Becca, you can help me piggyback on this because I don't know the full origin story. But the Texas Blockchain Council was created by Lee Bratcher. He's our president and founder, and we are a nonprofit 501c6. So we're an advocacy group that really is working to push policy legislation that allows for innovation of Bitcoin and blockchain here in Texas. And, you know, to me, when we bring in that innovation piece, it's like we're not trying to put too much of a regulation on things. We still want mm -hmm. them to happen. We want people coming to Texas to do these things, um, but yet they're still needs to be some guardrails. So that's kind of what the Texas Blockchain Council is doing. And maybe you could give us a little bit of a backstory about, you know, how Lee came to create this organization. Yeah, so Lee is actually my husband, too. So it's uh, there when he, you know, when all this started to happen. But um, let's see, it was December 2019 is when he actually filed the like nonprofit status. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was a starting point. Obviously, the world changed significantly over the next couple of months. And that's really when, um, you know, the Bitcoin market flew off the handle. Like it start, prices were going up, um, cryptocurrency in general. And I think it was partly because people had the time to sit down and do some research. Right. And so that really kickstarted uh, Lee's time at the TBC. He was, he was a professor before. And so he continued to do that. Um, until let's see i guess about a a year and a half ago or so right. um yeah and so he had a couple people that just encouraged him to go for it and really um uh caitlin long in wyoming you've yeah heard of her she mm -hmm. was kind of the model that he went off of so yeah oh wow 
that gives a little bit more context because the way how I found out about the TBC was um, I got into my crypto journey about 2017 with some friends. We invested into Ethereum, you know, when it was like, you know, on the floor, like, you know, 20 bucks, 40 bucks. And then after that, you know, they sold, but I was kind of like, uh, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. And of course, you know, a little bit of Bitcoin and just seeing how everything has just now exploded and, you know, it's now mainstream. And so that's really interesting to see now that there's nonprofits and trying to make it, you know, more accessible and, and have more education around, you know, cryptocurrency and all that stuff. So that's some good context of how that started. But now I wanted to get more about y'all's insight and y'all's story of how y'all got into blockchain and y'all try to get into this, you know, field. Like I want you to go way back to like the very first inklings. How Becca, I want to start with you. How did you get involved into crypto? And then after that, Amy, I want you to go on ahead and add. Yeah, so um, along the same lines, uh, my husband, Lee, he first got into it with um, working on his PhD, and it was for um, blockchain-based land registry rights in third world countries, um, so people can start businesses. Um, anyway, so that's kind of how the, his journey started, and then we had a couple of friends um, who invested early in Bitcoin, and so every time we were on them, they would talk about it. So I heard bits and pieces along the way. Um, but it wasn't until, I guess, um, Lee took me to a conference at A&M and um, it was about the history of money that, I, and it was around Bitcoin, but significantly about the history of money. And I just mm -hmm. learned so much. Um, I really had no idea about how our money system worked, um, how it's quite corrupt and how Bitcoin can fix so many of the issues that we see um, today and so ever since that conference that was about a year that was around the time he uh oh my gosh i don't know a couple of years ago i guess at this point but um started reading books listening to podcasts i feel like ever since then i've tried to at least read part of a book listen to a podcast every single day to learn more about it and so yeah mm -hmm. that's how i got started oh, wow yeah what about you amy Mine is, my story is not quite as long. Beck and I were friends and we have kids that are the same age and we would see each other at the park and at the neighborhood pool. And I had been out of teaching for a while and was ready to get a new career. I wanted to do some virtual assisting. And she was asking me regularly, how's that going? Have you found anything? And then one day she goes, can I give your information to Lee? He could use an assistant at the Texas Blockchain Council. This is when things are really starting to grow. Right. And uh, I said, please give him my information. And he hired me on and uh, we have regular meetups and I've been to a couple conferences and I just find that everybody in this community has taken me under their wing and like really tried to teach me and um, give me all kinds of great resources on what the industry is about and um, then we had this opportunity to start a show and now we get to do research we each bring two stories to the table we get to do the show and it's just been fun seeing that grow and you know people watching it more getting more interest and yeah. You know, we're trying to home our craft too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the camera and we're reading off a teleprompter and not and all of those things. But it's been so exciting and it forces it forces me at least to really get into the current day, what's going on. I mean, I'm having to dig into some things that I'm really not an expert on, mm -hmm. economics, policy. Um, you know I mean, I've learned so much since starting this show because I I the more <laughs> 
things that pop up. I'm like, I don't know anything about that. I've never heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. And that's really awesome. And um, I mean, I before this interview, right, I saw some of your stuff, right? Because me being a student of life, being a podcaster or whatever, or whatever this thing is, right? I'm like, I'm always really interested to be able to get, you know, on people's perspective. And I do want to say and give kudos to y'all. Y'all's very first video all the way up to now has been remarkable and phenomenal, first of all. So, like, congratulations on the production, the team, and all of your stuff. Like, the way that you're able to take succinct, high-level information. And that's why I was really interested in, like, trying to interview you, Amy, and, and Becca, because it's just, like, the work that you're doing to make this information more accessible to the non-finance, typical finance person who's, you know, got PhD, who understood about quantitative easing and, and all that stuff, and make it digestible for people to, like, you know, go over there, like, just proves that, hey... You know what? Anybody from anywhere, any point of time, regardless of race, gender, class, can understand and get into it. So, one, thank you for like you know creating that educational footprint and making it more accessible. Wow, what a compliment! Yeah. Naka, thank you so much. This so nice, so good. No, no, I mean, like I, I know people say, oh yeah, 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 but no, it's like really awesome and really dope, and, the, and that's why I'm like, wow, this is incredible. And so I want you all to go like, I mean, for me, I just wanted to provide you all a platform to just talk about like your show and whatever. What was the first of the genesis of how did you start, you know, building Bitcoin Brew? What was some of the early conversations and how was it like going against like brainstorming? Um, I'm curious and I know my audience is curious as well to be able to, you know, learn how to start something from the ground up. You want to take it? Well, let me let me lay the scene a little bit because the Texas Blockchain Council already had a very lively um YouTube channel that had over over 1,600 subscribers. And so we were very fortunate that we got to kind of piggyback off of that. And, you know, the Harper Belmont team, I don't know that we gave this context, but they are right upstairs of where we office from. Mm -hmm. And so getting that, um, getting, not context, um, content, excuse me, is, you know, something that with the, crypto climate as it is, everything is so new and different on a day-to-day -day basis. You know, this was just kind of a way for us to summarize what was going on. And like what you said, we wanted to really be more um, palatable, steal your word, to maybe people that don't know as much and aren't PhDs or super, super high level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, and it's, Harper Belmont's done an amazing job of outfitting the studio. It's super convenient, um, and so it's great to work really closely with them. They make us look and sound great. <laughs> yes, yeah. they, yes, they do. And they, they edit they, it for us. <laughs> 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 One thing that we were torn about when we were first starting to decide what direction we were going to go yeah. with was, you know, do we want to make it an educational thing where we, like, mm -hmm. break down terms? And then we thought, no, let's, uh, let's keep it a little more high level. And, you know, sometimes we wonder if we're doing the current day weekly stuff that our material may not have much of a lifespan. So that was also something that we kind of discussed, but that ended up being the route that we went with is the, you know, kind of daily brief. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, I mean, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people think this way is like, they want to know more about Bitcoin, but maybe afraid to ask. That's how I feel a lot of times. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's been great to do this because we get to talk about it, um, kind of work things out as we go. And so, I feel like it's just great to learn personally more and then hopefully make it easier, like a mid-level range. So for right. 
Right. That that's actually that really good. Sense. That that makes that makes a lot of sense. I like how you stuck with the integrity of keeping it, you know, that mid level because at some sort of times like when for me as a content creator or somebody, and I think I think a lot of content creators go through it, especially when it comes to the more the educational front. You want to make it in a way that is like cool and there's a little bit of pizzazz, but you don't want to steal from the information and you push people out of their comfort zone. And so my the segue for this is like, how has the show, in what way have you felt like you've been pushed out of your comfort zone and what type of learnings and takeaways have you gotten from that? Oh, you get to go first on that one. <laughs> what do you want to think oh, about? Oh gosh, it? this um, whole experience from, I mean, even just learning about Bitcoin and realizing how much I don't know about history, money, I mean, just you name it, any topic. Um, it's been really eye-opening. And then, of course, with the show, I mean, we've never done anything <laughs> recorded or on a camera. So that's been it's a humbling experience to <laughs> go through that. <laughs> Again, Harper Belmont, Ryan, and the team, they've done a great job of giving us feedback. So I appreciate all of that to learn from. But um, yeah, I mean, trying to be confident in a male-dominated environment has been right. a challenge as well. I don't know if you also feel that way but yeah I mean everyone is super kind and welcoming though too it's just working through that my own insecurity I guess of like wanting to learn wanting to be a part of it all yeah it's definitely an exercise in humility being in front of the camera and you know one of my colleagues told me recently he was like well do you watch them back again and i said no mm. and he goes, well, that's the biggest way for you to grow you've got to watch it back so you could critique yourself and you know work on whatever little you know i say little but there's you know, awkward moments pauses ways i say things so that's something i want to start working on but it, i i keep going to youtube and i like to see like how many likes do we have? Do we have any comments yet? Like, I would love to be at a point where we could kind of preview our show and like our topics and maybe people chip in on something they're wondering about or, you know, something we could add to or even people that we could go to to get more information on a certain thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm eager to have a community kind of of uh, people that we can get advice from and that they, that they can weigh in and Yes, that would be really fun to have. I mean, even like what you're doing now to have live feed and people asking questions and stuff. That's our goal. Mm, that's good. So that, how how long do you think that uh, roadmap is going to be in order to get there? I mean, I guess what's the timetable that you all set for yourself? We have not set an exact timetable. We should probably lay out some goals. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think we're just we're still learning. We're like kind of. I feel like stumbling through for me at least. Um, Amy is a natural in front of the camera, so. Well, thank you, Becca. It's great. At, at the beginning <laughs> of our episodes, I mean, every time we would shoot, we would say, "Okay, well, that's going to be the last one. That's the last uh -huh. time they're going to ask us to do that." Like it's right. for sure getting canceled after today. We know that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then they did it, and so, you know, it's definitely helped boost my confidence. And um, I, I said this to you, Tanaka, that I used to be a teacher, and so kind of a performing, like I like to learn the material, present it in a simplified way and, and kind of bundle it up in a, I don't know, entertaining package. That's right. kind of what I used to do to hook my, I used to teach high schoolers and middle schoolers. So you, you do have to have sort of a, a little bit of a pizzazz or hook mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. um, get your information across. So I appreciate you um, noticing that. Of course. I mean, well, as, I mean, I studied performance in school, right? Now, nice. now the guy in the studio uh, with me right over here, we were both were theater majors together. 
And then after that, you know, we went our separate ways, but then of course, you know, we came back, but it's just like, to some sort of level, whether you're pitching a company, you know, me as I work in VC or as I work with building my own companies or being on this, I feel like one of the things that I've noticed is that everybody everywhere is always presenting, is always pitching an idea, a vision, a story. And like, you know, it's all about storytelling and how, and how you communicate it, right? Because of the essence of what we do, we're communicators, we're influencers, and we have a message, we have something to share. And, and how, in what way can are we able to capture the audience attention and hopefully make sure that whatever that attention that they give us is something we provide value. And so actually that goes into my follow-up, my question for y'all is like, what type of value do you think that y'all bring to uh, the table whenever you're recording, whether not, and not even the Bitcoin space, but just in general? I mean, the the web is so full of information. And I think us just kind of filtering through that and focusing on what we think are the highlights of the week, I think that's value in itself. Because mm -hmm. there is so much noise out there, we can mm -hmm. kind of call that down into more bite-sized pieces. Um, hopefully bringing some more awareness to this movement, I, I hope. And also, you know, when I came on board, we were, that was when Bitcoin was at its highest point. And so now that we have started to hit hopefully bottom, I've seen a big change and just trying to stay positive and focus on, you know, what we can be doing in the meantime, I think has brought a lot of value. At least I hope has brought a lot of yeah. value. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think uh, just that add on to that is that um, Ryan told us not to say this. <laughs> Uh -oh. But I think as women, like last night I was at a Bitcoin meetup, there were four women there. And so right. just to have, I don't know, it's great to have just more of a welcoming environment for women to jump into the space, to feel confident in the space. I know that sounds extremely cliche, but I think that does bring value. Yeah. For us to be here together. Yeah, absolutely. And I do second that. I sec I highly agree with that actually 100 percent 1000 percent well thank you for sharing that even though you didn't have to say that <laughs> that's i think it's very valuable because again like um i was i was talking with a friend of mine recently about how um you know statistically you know women in finance happen to be better operators and investors and have higher mm -hmm. returns this and this is a statistical data like fact and oftentimes, like, you know, when you think about the world of finance and all that stuff, where it's pretty much male dominated, whenever I'm in this field, I'm always thinking to myself and always trying to consider in what way and how I have and have my privilege. How can I exercise my privilege to at least, you know, bring whether it's my family members, you know, my sisters, teaching them Bitcoin, teaching them all about this stuff, or in addition, my coworkers or anybody in the room to make sure that they're included and they have more inclusivity. Right. Because I think it's very vital that there has to be some sort of say, especially within this equity and diversity space and, and um, in this finance space, there should be more equity and diversity and involvement there. Yeah. And along the same lines, I mean, Bitcoin is bipartisan. It brings people together. It's not a divisive thing. Um, and so I think the more even that we're talking about that, teaching our kids about that. I mean, yeah, it's pretty cool. 
Absolutely. And so um, I want to jump ship a little bit and I want to talk about the current market conditions, right? Like what's going on with Bitcoin and, and the crypto market. And I just wanted to get your feedback. Like um, what are do you feel like are some ways that people are able to actively hedge themselves or protect themselves? Right. Because I feel like everybody talks a lot about, oh, everybody buy, invest, invest, invest. But nobody really talks about like some of the risk or anything mm -hmm. like that. So I just wanted to get your your advice or, you know, your, your perspective. I mean, we we've been talking a lot about crypto winner and the bear market. And I mean, we definitely have the mindset of hodling. Uh, Becca brought a piece of data that has really stuck with me. I don't remember what episode it was, but if you hold on to your crypto for four years, Bitcoin specifically, four years or more, you're going to you are not going to see a loss. So encouraging people to get their funds off of the uh, exchanges, put it into cold storage, sit on it for a while. That's kind of a message that we've been trying to push. Um, there was something that you had mentioned on our Instagram about six keys uh, in this kind of market. Oh, like um, things to in consider the face of before. All these space bankruptcies. Yes. And I wish I could remember exactly what they were. <laughs> but I remember reading it thinking, oh, this would have been really great to know, to just like pass out to people. Um, I feel like with, you know, Voyager, Celsius, all that, like people mm -hmm. have lost a lot of money. And right. it's pretty sad um, for everyone involved. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's really important to do some research and I've learned this too. I mean, just right along in the last couple of months um, to really look at, you know, who's running the company, how decentralized is it? What's their aim? I had no idea what three AC was until like a month ago, you know, mm -hmm. and I should have known that before investing some money. So yeah, I mean, I think I need to look up that uh, tweet. That was really great, but yeah. I don't know if that really answers your question, but no, that does. That does. I mean, like, so now whenever, as y'all are like, you know, educators and influencers in this space, you know, um, is there a way of like how y'all tell people to make sure like, Hey, you know, while we're talking about this, you should be mindful of this. And what, what should pe people should be mindful of nowadays? Yeah, I mean, I think there's different levels of risks if you're willing, if you want to take them. Amy, totally just jump in anytime, too. So. It, well, I've been thinking about, we talk about buying Bitcoin while it's on sale. Mm -hmm. We've also talked about encouraging people to get into the mining uh, because the mining equipment is so cheap right now. But, you know, in the same breath, we also say we're not investment. We do not give investment advice. So, I mean, it is sort of tongue in cheek, the whole thing. But now's the time to hunker down, sit on what you have and do the due diligence, do your research on maybe a software or a blockchain that you want to get behind more in a traditional stock market, perhaps. Mm -hmm. um, so we do have to be really careful because well, not that we think people are going to be taking our advice necessarily. <laughs> right. But we don't want to be putting bad information out there either. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, even just learning that there's no like um, help desk to call in this market, you know, mm -hmm. you're, you're, which is a really great thing about it, but it's hard sometimes if you, you know, you gotta be sure what you're doing and it is a very risky market, obviously. Um, and so, you know, 
some people have suggested like, hey, just set aside, if you have 10 extra dollars a month, just put it aside and like have like an automatic Bitcoin uh, withdrawal. And so you don't even have to think about it. You're not missing that money. I think that type of mindset is is good to have because, I mean, it's it's just a way to save. It's, it's pretty safe um, as long as you're holding your own keys. Mm-hmm. Um, there's really not anything that can, you know, it's a pretty safe way. But beyond that, I think everyone does. We should probably do a better job, honestly, of like talking about the risk. I don't know. But um, yeah, I mean, beyond that, you are taking a risk with your money. But, you know, if you can be, I guess, mindful enough about what you're getting into, it can really pay off. It can be really great. So. And that does kind of bring us full circle back to the policy that surrounds this whole industry, you know, trying to protect people who have unfortunately lost sums of money, large and small. Um, You know, I never really had an appreciation for that sort of thing until I got into this industry. Mm. That's good. I, I really like that. The fact that, you know, making sure that we're being more mindful. And so I want to go to ask a little bit of a question about, you know, um, the research process, you know, like what, what, what would y'all consider good research, you know, before you're presenting information to the show or just, you know, maybe your own, you know, Bitcoin, whatever, like investment advice, if you're whatever you're comfortable with, like what is a good amount of research for somebody that's new heading to the space? And, you know, what should somebody like, you know, research about, look at whenever they're researching? I mean, we're lucky we have an intern that brings us kind of the highlights of the day and we can springboard off of that. Um, I know I follow Twitter, people on Twitter and Instagram. I get those like briefs that come to my email and, um, you know, I just try to call through those. And then a lot of times I have to do some background research on just the preliminaries of, okay, well, get, get some context on the situation, mm-hmm. bounce ideas off of other colleagues uh, here at work. And, you know, at that point, we try to write it into our talking notes, speaking notes, and then just kind of bounce those back off of each other, trying to come up with rebuttals. I mean, it, to quantify it, it, it takes me right now, probably four to five hours a week to prepare for my two segments. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping as, as I learn more, it'll be less time. But I mean, I'm, I'm putting in a quite a few hours. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, also like going to different educational events, um, the TBC puts one on or monthly in different cities all around Texas. I know there's other organizations as well. Um, that's been really helpful for me to learn kind of just hearing from the subject matter experts. Um, and then I love it. I love a good solid book too. Mm So I have, uh, I've learned a ton just reading. Um, I you have Jan, Jan's yeah. book, Inventing mm. Bitcoin. Mm. And then one of the first books that I was assigned when I got the job was The Bitcoin Standard. Mm. That's a great uh, book. That's a good one. And yeah. then there was a third one. Layered Money is another one yes, um, by Nick Batia. That was a really insightful book. I don't know. I mean, it's a process for sure. And like even this week we were, you know, Amy, especially was your topic was on the Celsius mm-hmm. situation, you know, and mm-hmm. it was every day. There's a whole new, a whole new revelation. Yes. Um, I felt bad. <laughs> that, that was your topic for like one of them, but 
I mean, yeah, I mean, that happens to us all the time of like, you wake up and you open Twitter and it's like, oh my gosh, well, you got to redo all of that. So, <laughs> and right. research this whole new thing that they brought up and I don't know what they're talking about. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think I w I'm just blown away. That's like, like y'all's videos are approximately anywhere between 15 to 20 minutes, right? And I think, I think this is some, a my audience is particularly Gen Z I and mean, we want everything to happen fast. But, you know, like, you know, we see a lot of overnight success or even like, you know, overnight success with all these crypto projects or anything like that. But just the fact that I heard Amy say, you know, to quantify it, it's been four to five hours every week just to be able to get enough research and then go back and do more back research in order to present for 15 minutes, you know, 15, 20 minutes. And I think that's just like, you know, something for me is like that work ethic. There's behind that 15 minutes that y'all film or whatever is hours of preparation, hours of research, hours of dedication and continue to go back in your craft and then going back sometimes to make sure that you're getting presented the right accurate information. And I think there's a lesson for my audience, for anybody, it's just like, yo, you got to put in the work. Like this stuff doesn't happen overnight. To be able to put yourself in uncomfortable situations, to learn, just to be hungry, at, regardless at any age. And honestly, for me, that's quite inspiring because it's just like, y'all are learning again and doing more in that amount of time? What? <laughs> I know. I know. Well, there was a week that we took off. And I hadn't realized how much time I was putting in until I, I was calculating my hours. And I'm like, why am I so late this month? And this pay period, I'm like, oh, because I didn't put in my time for my research. <laughs> but I wasn't as well plugged in either. I didn't know the amount of information that I would know get preparing for the show. But you're right, Sonaka. And I thank you for that um, validation. I mean, it does take, it takes a lot of time and effort and, you know, putting it together in a way that, is concise and makes sense. It's, it's, um, hopefully it'll get easier as we do this more. <laughs> hopefully. I, I actually disagree. I don't think anything gets easier. We just get better. <laughs> we just like, get better. That's one way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. You just get better. But then with an overloaded information and all that stuff. Um, and I think, um, I think this is a topic that I, something I've been ruminating and thinking about is in what ways do you protect yourself, not protect yourself, but like, um, how do y'all take care of yourself with so much information swimming, a lot of a lot of scarcity, a lot of people getting scared, especially in this market in this time? Like, um, what have y'all done to make sure to give yourself a break in order to make sure that you're, you know, that you're, you know, keeping level and being able to balance time with your families and all that stuff? I would love your y'all's perspective on that. You want to go first? Well, we do have a, I mean, a different setup. I don't know. Um, actually, yeah, I don't, <laughs> I'm just rambling right now. I stay home with my kids full time. And mm -hmm. so, um, yeah, it's, I feel like my research is usually like in the evenings or during nap time or something like that. So it's a little, I guess it's a little bit different. It's a little, yeah. So. <laughs> and we do like, we'll, um, have ideas bullets that we want to talk about and we do try to pepper in you know at least something positive you know, break up the bankruptcies acquisition stuff with at yeah least, you know like our texas mining piece today um we try to break it up with good stories and you know like you said tanaka it's it's being able to step away and not necessarily let it damper your mood i mean 
it does affect a lot of people, but we have to just kind of, I just try to be present, be with my kids, be where I'm at. And because I did find when I was trying to do this research, when I was at home with the kiddos, I would get really shortened because I would be so concentrated and they would need something and I would like kind of bark out at them. And it's like, whoa, 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 let me table this. Let me be here now. And I designate specific time to do the research so that, you know, I don't feel like I'm trying to split myself. Yeah, that was a much better answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I do see you like late at night or super early in the morning doing your notes oh, in. No. So I know and it's summer too. It's a little different than yes, the school the year. Home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We'll have more time once the school, start, yeah. school year starts. It's a struggle. Yeah. I, I can't even imagine. And so do y'all try to like um, educate y'all children, your, your children about like this topic or stuff? Or do you kind of like, ah, you know, like I was educational, like I'm very curious because I'm trying to teach my siblings. And I remember I was teaching my siblings some crypto and whatever. And one, they were, it was so hard for my, to get my cousin to download Coinbase. Like my other cousin was like, yes, I got it, whatever. And then he's young. So he's like, oh, man, he's not 18. So we had to go switch to Ave and something like this. My other cousin's skeptical. And she says, wait, I put a dollar, I put $10. And now it's like down to $8 to knock it. Like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. So do you all even try? <laughs> I did, but, well, my sons, they'll see the show and like, oh, there's mommy talking about Bitcoin. <laughs> and <laughs> I brought home two little, you know, Bitcoin coins that one of our members he always brings them to our meetups so i gave both of my boys a bitcoin and they were carrying around in their pocket doing this that and the other and then my youngest lost his and he's like mommy i lost my bitcoin i'm like oh my gosh you just lost nineteen thousand dollars you know you you can't get that back you why didn't you secure it so i mean i try to kind of teach them in a silly but tangible way because our kids are still quite young and very concrete, not abstract yet, but they at least know the term and they know that they need to keep it in their wallet. They need to keep it safe. I mean, I feel like that's at least a good foundational start. Yeah, I like that. That's a good idea. Um, we were driving in the car the other day and my five-year-old said, mom, what's inflation? And I was like, oh, babe, you're going to have to answer this. <laughs> so my husband got it, but I mean, I think it's super important for them to learn, I mean, fundamentals of saving, working, you know, money, but our, my, yeah, our kids are both very little, so bite-sized pieces. Oh, you had a baby book, though, about blockchain, because I remember yes. seeing it in one of your pictures. What was Samantha Lewis, um, she's one of the members of GBC. She sent us the cutest little baby gift. It's a blockchain for babies, and it's a little board book. Mm -hmm. It's very cute. Fun. <laughs> oh, that's incredible. See, see, but that's where it starts. It starts now. I mean, yeah. our education starts now. Those small, like, of course, you're not going to give some kid and some esoteric, like, hey, here's everything that you need to learn about inflation and market increasing and easing and all that. That's overwhelming. I mean, like, and I guess I that's the way that I approached it because I was just so, like, you know, super passionate about, like, financial literacy and helping, you know, my, my cousins and my family, like, you know, and especially my friends to understand it. But then I said, wait, I'm going about it wrong because I'm not meeting them where they're at. And so I think that was really, really wise of y'all to be able to still include the conversation. And in fact, a five-year-old asking about what inflation is, whoa. <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, yeah, that's, we talk about boring stuff at our house. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish I was at that dinner table when I was five. What? <laughs> 
Yeah, that's me incredible. too. Anyway, that's, that's funny. Uh, well, I mean, I, I want to be mindful of your time, and I just want to say thank you so much for hopping on. So I have these last couple questions, and they're type of like these big, you know, wisdom legacy questions that um, you know I usually ask all my guests. So my first question is, what are three things that y'all would tell to your 18-year-old self? My 18-year-old self. <laughs> wow. I think I would tell myself to learn history, or at least pay attention and learn history. Because um, that's been the biggest piece, I think, just learning, especially as it relates to monetary policy and how much I've learned about that recently. I would have told myself to have more confidence. I would have told myself to take more risks. And I really, I wish early on I would have been questioning more the status quo, you know, like I just kind of mm. took things as they were and assumed that was the right way, the only way. I wish I would have been questioning that at that early stage. I think I would have really changed, not that I necessarily would have changed my life course and where I'm at now because I'm really happy about where I'm at, but I think that that would have changed my course significantly. Okay, I love the answer. Maybe you could have told me that too. When I, when I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I need to hear all of that. Yeah. Nice. That that's that's really thank you. Thank y'all for sharing that. That's so humbling. And I think um, you know, you can always learn something new. And um I really appreciate that. Um my second to last question is what are you what are you enjoying right now? Like in this time, in this moment, what are you enjoying? I'm enjoying, I would say, back to that piece about being present. Um, so many times I've distracted because I'm thinking about, okay, what's the next thing on my to-do list? What is that segment that I need to be researching for the brew? And I've been doing better about turning that off and being present with my family, with my um, young sons. And it was just the other day we were taking a bike ride and I just was not letting any of the other noise. I was just being there in the moment. And um, it's been it's been really helpful for me mentally. <clears throat> I think, I mean, it's been an exciting ride the last two years. Just um, it's been fun to do this with my husband. Um, we've had a lot of good times traveling, going to meetups, all of that. Yeah, I mean, I just, um, I'm very, very thankful for um, just being able to, I don't know, be in this space and learn and um, yeah, I'm not as good as a communicator, but yeah. <laughs> I would no, say. you're good. <laughs> good. Yeah, no, no, that's good. Wow. And then my last question is, what do y'all want your legacy to be if y'all are interested in legacy? legacy you know i want to be remembered as someone who is kind someone who is patient i want to I, not necessarily leave a mark but leave a leave an impression leave a memory of, of positivity i would say that would be mine yeah i think i would just i want people to know that i genuinely care about them um that 
yeah, willing to jump in and, and help or get things done. And um, I think, yeah, just that I saw them and that I cared about them. That's beautiful. This is a great way to end the show. I mean, man, this was a great way to end the show. I, I just want to say thank you all, Amy and Becca, for your giving your time. Um, and again, just to affirm y'all, I mean, Amy, when I first met you, yes, you, like Becca, when I met Amy, bro, she was so like positive and like smiling and so helpful and taught me a bunch of stuff. And I'm just like, yo, this is dope. I want to interview for my pod. This would be, I think it'd be great. <laughs> um, you know, and, you know, y'all made it happen and I'm super grateful that, you know, and she included you and I'm like, oh, this is amazing. This is so exciting. And so, um, and also like y'all are doing a great job of doing that, you know, from y'all's content, from that, and just the impression, just to even just being here with you right now um, is just evidence of, you know, giving y'all's time, especially in the time when the time is so finite and so valuable. And so I'm grateful for both of y'all for showing up today, for being on the show, for sharing your voices, your hearts and your minds and your thoughts and, you know, teach about Bitcoin and life and wisdom. And um, I'm very honored to have y'all both on the show. So thank you so much for being here and for doing um, doing the work and, you know, sharing your heart and your message. So thank you. Tanaka, you're welcome. And thank you so much for having us and for those kind words. I'm so grateful that I got to meet you that day at Capital Factory. And thank you so much for inviting us on. Yes, absolutely. Where can the people find you at? Plug all the information, Bitcoin, the Texas Blockchain Council, plug, plug, plug. You can find us on YouTube, Texas Blockchain Council, um, we have a sub channel there called the Bitcoin Brew. Also find us on Instagram at the.bitcoin.brew. Where else are we? Um, Twitter. On Twitter. That's right. Yeah. Yes. And th we appreciate you giving us a chance to plug here on Iconic Conversations, Tanaka. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us. Absolutely. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. And we are out. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. Hope you were able to take something away from this. Until next time, follow Iconic Conversations on Instagram and Tava Multimedia Group on Instagram as well. Share with your friends, family, or anybody else who you think needs this conversation. Until next time, peace.